1: For 20% off your first system.
2: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
1: This is Paul Hawksby. And
3: Andy Jacobs, and this is the H and J Daily with some of the best bits of uh, this afternoon's show. Um, Danny Higginbottom joined us, former Eve Stoke of Stoke and Manchester United, and yes, Dalton, uh, he had, him and Andy had a slight difference of opinion, but he also had a f- couple of funny tales from his
0: playing deg- uh, playing degrees,
3: his playing career.
0: Where'd that come from? <laughs> his <laughs> pl- playing degrees.
1: He's <laughs>
0: got, um, got a degree in long throws. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so he was on good form.
3: What else did we? We liked, uh, we went back to Russia, didn't we? A little road trip
0: there. A little road trip. I very much enjoyed uh, your idea to get our young producer in to see if he knew anybody from Celebrity Squares from about 45 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah you will hear the result. There. It's the
3: fickle nature of fame, as you'll discover. <laughs> um, Dance uh, featured,
0: yeah, he did his Streve Bruce. I don't know who Streve Bruce is. And uh, also had a little bit of his uh, podcast, which was very amusing. And yeah. also we finished with "Don't Ask Me," which was a thriller. I thought.
3: Oh, a thrilling "Don't Ask Me." Uh,
4: I've lost a pair Don't of ask me. 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 Don't
3: ask. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. If I it sounds like if I lost a tooth, <laughs> <laughs> lost a front tooth. Don't ask me. Anyway, here it all is. <laughs>
0: Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Uh, good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, oh, I'm very excited by this story. Atletico are trying to fend off Arsenal's interest in Thomas Partey. And i uh, quite like him to sign for Leicester and play with Jamie Vardy. That would probably scupper his catchphrase. <laughs> it probably will, yeah. It would have been the perfect headline had he gone there. <laughs> Honestly, the sports pages are funny at the moment. The biggest story of the whole weekend was Joffrey Archer. He's lost his World Cup medal. He's found his World Cup medal. Yahoo! Yeah, <laughs> honestly. We're this <laughs> desperate, isn't it? And uh, But I'm glad he found it because it would have been very frustrating. I mean, he just basically misplaced it in the move in the end. It turned out to be quite a non-action story, really. But the second biggest sports story must be this one. Um, Off-duty RSPCA Inspector Keith Hogben uh, caught a lost lamb with a rugby tackle in Whitland, Carmarthenshire. I mean, they don't get any bigger than that, does it? That's That's a a
3: non-sport
0: sport story, isn't it? Well, it's got rugby tackle in it, so I'm I'm counting it as sport. And uh, I very much enjoyed uh, it. You haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure you will. The London Marathon... thing that they did yesterday on BBC they re-ran the 1981 highlights of the 1981 marathon great wow. commentary from David Coleman I mean that wonderful voice and tremendous uh, the race was started by a 25, by firing a 25 pound howitzer now they have some sort of celebrity or royal but yeah. <laughs> it was scared of living daylights out of people really yeah, it was quite yeah. ironic really because the whole show started with a sort of like you know that shot of um, Greenwich Park when all the humanity are there you know that yeah, yeah. massive of humanity trying to funneling out the park he, yeah thanks <laughs> actually it looked a bit like some of the parks around our way this weekend but uh <laughs> and uh brendan foster of course he certainly improved over the years but i have to say at that point he was terrible oh, he, oh, was so, he sounded like he just no he's good now he, he got great oh, over the years but yeah. this was his first and he sounded like he just got out of bed i mean honestly he was, he was so downbeat and at the end he went it's gonna lead to a boom in running it's all we in the sport can handle it. Oh, you don't get too excited, yeah. mate. <laughs> well, he's like you, Andy. Over the years, he's improved <laughs> dramatically as a broadcaster. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brian O'Halloran, mm. uh, a competitor, I and mean, people are amazing, aren't they? He broke, his, <laughs> he broke his foot skiing before the race, but decided to take part, even though he was in plaster and on crutches. So he started. <laughs> Ridiculous! I bet he, he was still quicker than the moose when the moose did it, wasn't he? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And Patricia, Patricia Wright was great, because it was quite amateur, because it was the first one. She was late and started 24 minutes after everybody else. <laughs> oh, really? Really. Yeah. So it's well worth watching. It's She's finished actually, now, though, of see. course, isn't she? Come me that late? I think well, she has. Des Lynham, Des yeah. was the reporter who runs along the side wow. the a- the athletes. And he had an umbrella once, a bit of a Steve McLaren situation there. But uh, all in all, it was it was uh, well worth watching. I enjoyed it a lot. So yeah, uh, that was an old friend, David Bedford. I don't know why happened to him. He was absolutely knackered. He was miles behind everybody else. And he was. Just you think he'd had
3: a bit of a session the night before. <laughs> I, a, think, he, I think, think. I think. he yeah. might. I think he might have done. <laughs> he you. Might have done. That's
0: yeah. good. <laughs> uh, Andy, I didn't, this, I, didn't oh get round
3: to, I didn't get around to watching a big match this weekend. I do apologise. I normally hit you with a deep dive into a match from 1979. <laughs> oh, yeah. But i try and put that right this <laughs> weekend. I, tell, I can give you an on this day in sporting history yesterday. And okay. until I did a bit of reading around this, I didn't know it was such a significant match. It was uh, Arsenal when they won the FA Cup. I'm going to talk Arsenal in a minute with John Cross. But they won the FA Cup in 1930. So uh, ninety years ago, yesterday they beat Huddersfield oh, wow. two nil in the final. Oh yeah, it was it was important for, for two things. Uh, one, it was the first ever time that the players walked out together, collected like side by side. Oh, wow. that's never it, that's
0: never happening again. Uh,
3: And it was a... No, that's probably true. So, well, they could, but they just have to be two metres apart. But they (laughs) did it. They did it for a very specific reason. It was because, as it was a mark of respect for Herbert Chapman, who was the the manager who'd been at Huddersfield and then had gone to Arsenal, and both sets of players wanted to... So they went out together, kind of collectively his teams. The other thing was... Uh, the Graf Zeppelin airship flew over the stadium during <laughs> the match, and uh, and obviously caused quite a stir. You're playing a game of football, and the old airship goes over the top, and it just struck me that a bit I mean, like the Howitzer. Twelve years before, that would have struck terror into people. They were being bombed by those things up to about 1917, it's true. 1918. And then suddenly, it's, I mean, you would, have had, you would have had a bit of PTSD, wouldn't you? I would have thought if you'd, if you'd suffered at the end of one of the old days. airships. When the, I, think, I think they did. They just yeah, didn't talk. They, at all. they? they would just snap yeah. out of it, unfortunately. It was the only thing you <laughs> yeah, could of course. do. Yeah. Um, the other thing was the goals were scored by Alex James. and I don't know if I've ever told you this before. My dad was in the Maritime Regiment, in the Royal Artillery, with Alex James, the former Arsenal really? player, no, you've never in told the forties, their job was to effectively because uh, merchant ships were fair game to uh, the Germans. They said so they would guard the convoys. They they were artillery, Royal Artillery gunners, um, anti-aircraft gunners, etc. On yeah. uh, merchant navy ships on the convoys uh, to protect them from being picked off. So, yeah, I've I I never told you that before.
0: Did no, you haven't. Did uh, right. did he uh, did he wear baggy pants? I think, do you know why he wore incredibly baggy
3: shorts? Did you know why no, Alex Sims wore, because he had to, because he had chronic rheumatism and uh, he had to wear long johns underneath his shorts to keep his keep warm. And so oh, okay. this bloke was playing football. He was a top level footballer with chronic rheumatism, just some of the things that were going on in nineteen, <laughs> just a whole ninety years ago. I think it's all it? Was it, isn't was it, it? Nigel Adley who said the other day? He put a line out on Twitter. Oh, saying, is, yeah. anybody else getting, right. is anybody else getting? Is anybody else getting? What did he say? He said nostalgia um, fatigue. He, Yes, he, nostalgia, nostalgia. I said, I remember getting that back in 1987.
0: <laughs> Let me talk you through that now.
4: It was a Wednesday, and I'd
3: th- just
0: come back. Yeah, <laughs> the bottom is going to drop out of the nostalgia market as soon as yeah. this is all over. Yeah,
3: people but aren't going to want to go and see, now, see some old footballer our,
0: talking.
2: Yeah. Until now, mate,
3: it's our bread and butter. So don't voice oh, that too. Don't voice that too loudly, will you? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. We're going to head back to uh, Russia and uh, the two th- 2018. World Cup. I think this was the day of England's first game in the tournament and this is the way the start of the show Unfolded as we raid the archives. Good morning everyone. Good morning Andy. Good morning Paul. And what a World Cup It's been so far. It's been great. No nil nils. That's no, always a good sign. Absolutely Although I do tremendous. remember in 1990 I hope this is not an omen. Mm. The Italian 90 World Cup everybody was raving about it and then England played Ireland In an absolute <laughs> dog of a game. A one all draw in the pouring rain and then we thought oh Trust England to kill it. But I'm sure it won't happen tonight. I'm feeling very positive. Yes.
0: Meanwhile, uh, back at our holiday. Well, (laughs) you call it that, Andy. I don't. I do. And uh, (laughs) I've decided if they really want to boost the tourist industry and open up the world, they need to drop that Cyrillic Alphabet.
3: You th- you've decided, so basically, you know, hundreds and thousands of years of tradition should go, so you can read metro signs. Basically, yes. Yeah,
0: I'd say that's. We're
3: getting true. there, aren't we? We're kind of learning well, what the letters mean. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. You are. I, mean, we, we just, I think you just have to put a little bit of time in. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say. I mean, it's, we've had an interesting incident with our producer yesterday. Uh, the word for thank you is basically the only word yeah. we can any of us can say here is "spasiba." So whenever you say it. Most of us say, it, and they can tell
0: you know you sound yeah, they, English. They, they speaking yourself, start, start speaking to you. But in English,
3: our yeah. producer thanked somebody at uh, the accreditation centre, yesterday and said uh, "specie," but he must have said it in such a way they thought. Brethren. Because they went into fluent Russian. So he has mastered one word to such an extent that he says it like a native, which is a good sign, I think.
0: Uh, but he was on good form yesterday in the Fan Fest, uh, which, let's face it, is an utterly grim experience. Well, it's not. It's, it's not it, it's it's is meant horrendous. to. It's the way you like, you like watching football. With a book
3: on your lap, in the dark, in your underpants, just sitting there concentrating on the game. Not everybody consumes football like that. Some people like to have a beer and enjoy it with other people. No, they It says wrong. a lot
0: about the kind of antisocial person you are. Really. No, he's like me. It's too. He said to me at one point, "I hate the whole human race." Blimey! <laughs> I agreed I mean, with him. He was a bit tired after the train
3: journey. Well, that's pushing it a bit. Isn't no, it? You
0: know, it's uh, it's grim. It's too loud. It... It's badly dressed people standing in front of you. It's zedless DJ shouting, "Let's make." Some nice. noise, let's do the Mexican wave. No, let's not bother, <laughs> really. <laughs> For goodness sake. And this woman kept coming up to John with a sponge hand, yeah, and giving a well, high she five. She was
3: wearing one, obviously, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a sort of disability. That would be terrible every time you had a shower. One, one arm would get longer than the other, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It could be. That's a new one for Stan Lee if he's listening. <laughs> yeah, Sponge Hand Woman.
0: And after about the fourth time, John said to me, "I'm just not doing that anymore. I'm really not." And they kept trying to do it. You we left her really hanging, John.
3: You don't do that. You're I a know. bad
0: influence on
3: him. <laughs> not really. I, I just he I, 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 play, plays into football. your 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 curmudgeonly ways. I'm not sure that's helped. No, healthy. no.
0: David, our executive uh, football editor, says that we're two peas in the pod. And I think that's fairly yeah, true. Yeah, that's right. right. And uh, it's like hinge and bracket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, actually, it was funny, we went to the Zenit Club shop yesterday. We did, yeah. And uh, David came over with a postcard of Branislav Ivanovich. He knew I'd be quite keen on yeah. it. And uh, You thought it was a freebie, didn't you? I did. I went to put it in John's bag without reason. We almost found out what happens if he shoplift in <laughs> yeah. Russia. And you're an England fan.
3: We did get some funny looks. We're broadcasting from the pub. And it uh, it doesn't open until 12, but they were letting us in at 11-hour yeah. time. But obviously, just over yeah. an hour ago. But um, we were standing outside the pub. Uh, at, at uh, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock your time. And they, they thought, typical England fans, <laughs> yeah, match day. Yeah. Outside it the pub and out before it starts. Doesn't
0: open until 12 o'clock. <laughs> this morning, of course, we've moved hotels now, which is actually good for me because in our last hotel, yeah. you two got upgraded to suites. Mm. Well, I had just the ordinary room. It was I great. I kept that, saying
3: so. to uh, to uh, John, uh, if you, you've got a, an espresso machine in yours. <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said, it's, it's, the, little, it's the little things. I, I've got a lovely infinity pool. <laughs> infinity pool that looks over the Moscow River.
0: And Andy said, have you? Have I? <laughs> For goodness sake. Yes. My first impressions though of St. Petersburg are not as good as Moscow. I didn't make that... Only because sp- it was a 10-minute <laughs> walk to the <laughs> hotel from the station with your case. You can't write off Sydney, <laughs> I did think so, but uh, there is a strange smell here, and sort of sewage-like smell, which may have something to do with the. I've not noticed canals. Yet. Have you changed well, your underpants <laughs> since, since you've been yeah, here? Maybe it was just you me. want to look a bit closer at <laughs> <to> home, mate. <laughs> And, uh, yes, and we had breakfast this morning. That was good. Well, yeah. I think most people do. <laughs> <laughs> <They're> breaking news. <laughs> and thing, uh, we had a program idea for Quinton Wilson. Russia's worst breakfast. I think by the end of it, it's getting better.
3: <laughs> it they terrible. do good porridge. Porridge is we right. We've been quite taken with the porridge. They've got some very odd labels in the hotel. Uh, the uh, The... <laughs> The sign on the porridge, it says, oatmeal on the water. We all went, fire in the sky. It's great. Ian Gillen, he's a regular at the hotel. Uh, and the other thing, they've got, I tried it. It's, it's banana fritters, but they call it slip the banana, <laughs> yes. which sounds like a euphemism. It's always a it? good thing to avoid, yeah. <laughs> i think.
0: you think it is. You, you, did you talk popped to out of the side.
3: It's one of those, talk, isn't
0: it? You did talk to us about the dangers of <clears throat> double toasting. They've got one of those. Oh, well toaster things that goes round and round and round. You and put Andy,
3: put, Andy put your toast in and it didn't even touch, I mean it never even touched it, it was the bread <laughs> came out, slightly warmer than it went in. It's still bread. Well, I told you of a situation I had in a, I think it was in Spain somewhere, where I, I did exactly that. I double toasted, I went through the machine again. They tell you never to do it, because the first one came through like yours did. No, no discernible difference, just slightly warmer. The second one came out like Bonanza, <laughs> and the, the, the guy wasn't happy with me. He said, don't put it through twice. But I'll try to explain, but it came out black and on fire. Well, so how what... can you do one round like that, and then the second, uh, <laughs> it, it just it, an inferno.
0: We've noticed over here, though, that all the Russian commentators sound a bit like Motti. And, well,
3: uh, one of them does.
0: <laughs> I mean, they all do. David, David, our executive producer, said, Do they all wear bearskin coats? Which I thought was quite a good <laughs> That's a nice observation. look. <laughs> actually, one of the strangest sights we've had here was uh, we met a man yeah. with a plastic cheese hat and cheese tie. A cheese tie. I mean, actually, imagine a trilby made of plastic cheese yeah. and a well, I, I know it's not easy <laughs> it's not easy it was a top hat it wasn't no, a trilby no, was it, a it was top a top hat? hat it was a cheese top hat no, it was a cheese top hat yeah. okay. does uh, Martin Ellis Jones know about this <laughs> cheesy top hat and <laughs> but then you went up to him because you thought he looks like a uh, yeah. self style comedy
3: character I thought, he'll want to have his photo taken yeah. I'll tweak that out
0: and he just I spooked him and he, he just basically said, no, no 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 well, yes, well done. Yeah. I could have been there. He was back there with him. He was like, like Jim <laughs> Breaks, wasn't he? Oh no, 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 no. He ran off though, he did. didn't he? But he still found time as he ran away to give me his promotional leaflet for, yeah. unsurprisingly, cheese. He sells cheese in the street. <laughs> it's an interesting line of work, but he almost doesn't want you to know it. No, and uh, I've got a photo of him. I'll put. We'll put it on TSH and J yeah. in case. Well, I've got a photo of him running away from me. Basically, <laughs> yeah, You can't see his time. will establish whether it was a cheese top <laughs> yeah, hat or a cheese a very trilby. Good, very good point. And uh, John, our producer. At one point, got anointed by a pigeon, which we thought. was... Oh, that was <laughs> well. I mean,
3: it does. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was defecated on. He was. He was guanoed. <laughs> Guano uh, in, yeah. in Moscow just before he left, and he was wearing a pristine white t-shirt as yes. well. His yes. fantasy island look on the day.
0: <laughs> That's quite and,
3: nice. Um, but it does mean talk. This is great news for Charlie Baker and uh, and uh, Jim Proudfoot and all the Torquay fans because it's supposed to be good luck, isn't it? We're, we were told by the Mexican fans, it's seen in Mexico as good luck. So, Torquay straight back up into the conference, John. This is It may be the best thing you've ever done for your club. <laughs> yeah. And what happened? Torquay went up, didn't they? They did. Yeah? Brilliant. And it was all thanks to that Russian pigeon. <laughs> Nothing you do with <laughs> Gary right. Johnson working his magic, all the <laughs> players, all down to a Russian pigeon. Yeah. So there we are. And actually that night it was England we had a good feeling. That was the Tunisia game wasn't it? The real quite tight 2-1. The Kane scored the right six. late. Yeah. yeah. How was it? Well, no, that was, only oh, that yeah, was no, the no, first rate. Right, yeah. yeah, we 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 kind of struggled oh, yeah. a little bit, didn't we? We got a late goal if I remember rightly. So it wasn't uh, Yeah. No, I remember the, Yeah, I
0: remember the, where we watched it and everything. Yeah.
3: yeah. So there we are. That was uh, uh, in Russia there for uh, the 2018 World Cup. We'll bring you another one tomorrow. And we're in St. Petersburg by now, obviously, aren't we? So we're on the road to Sochi, etc. And the unforgettable Kaliningrad. What a place. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast
2: from Talk Sport.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more
5: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: The Hawksby and
3: Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs uh, with us here until four you may have seen on the of a number of papers the sun say give me five fifa want two more subs to ease strain on stars when they return so yeah five five subs makes sense yeah. it does but uh danny higginbottom uh, the analyst of course in the sun says no 11 subs
0: uh,
3: is what we need
0: <laughs> well
3: i'm glad he's on because i don't agree with it
6: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well let's let's find out his reasoning hi danny
6: Gentlemen, how are you doing?
3: Yeah, we're good, thank you. So wow, this is bold. I mean, five was bold. Eleven,
6: yeah. wow. So t- look, tell us why. Well, f- first and foremost, I, uh, I don't think the league should continue. You know, first and foremost, this is something that I've said because obviously the powers that be are, are, are saying that they want it to resume. Now, the reason I've said eleven is just because of the simple fact of, you know, if you ever go and watch a preseason game, obviously I've been involved in numerous preseasons, and then the first preseason game. You more more often than not, you have 11 changes at half time, and to expect a group of players, no matter what league it is, to have the best part of two and a half months, whatever it may be, off, and then to maybe have a couple of weeks training and then go straight into games, for you, for anybody to expect that there's going to be any match fitness, that there's not going to be injuries, then I don't think that that's right. And then to say, okay, well you can have five substitutes, so that means the first game. Six players have got to play ninety minutes. And that is that's a lot to ask for a group of players to go back to a certain level of football without actually gaining getting any injuries or without actually having any, you know, what you would call preseason games beforehand.
0: Well, they, Danny, they won't come back without a preseason. I think that's pretty clear. They're going to have at least a three-week period where they're training. You're absolutely mm. right. They couldn't possibly come back. And they will have a pre-season. And Paul's got some interesting points about the you know, the, 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 the pragmatism of having 11 subs. Oh, I get yeah. that.
6: Yeah, I do, I do understand that. And, and the thing is, anything that happens, when when the Premier League does restart, if it does restart... There's going to be certain things that people are going to look at and go, well, this this isn't right. This can't be right, you know, because we're what we're doing at the moment, and this is where I disagree with it, is that we know people don't necessarily want to talk about football that much because it, it, it's not considered important in, in the whole aspects of thinking. And I get that 100%. But when we are talking about football, these are these are exceptional times where you're going to ask a group of players to go back and maybe do a couple of weeks pre-season but any player will tell you if you have pre-season doesn't matter whether you go and do short short running whatever it is for two weeks you're doing certain things with with your teammates nothing will take the place of an actual match that's why you know when the season begins for a player it's probably five or six games before you're feeling match fitness no matter what you've done, you've had pre-season games, you've had pre-season games, but it doesn't justify when you then go into the Premier League. But what you're saying now is going back into Premier League games without a pre-season friendly at all. I'm just uh, wondering yeah, whether this will,
3: well, this will be a bit of a cheat's charter, Danny, yeah. because you can imagine uh, uh, certain unscrupulous managers with uh, their 1-0 up with four minutes left. Yeah. And they make eight individual (laughs)
6: substitutions. (laughs) The referees have got to be good then,
3: haven't they? They certainly have. I mean, I know FIFA, even in this uh, five-player thing they're talking about, they said sides will only get three change windows per game, either during breaks or in play or at half-time, won't be allowed to make five individual substitutions. But that's not particularly workable. Players get tired at different points. Players get injured at different points. And you do make legitimate Mm -hmm. substitutions at different points of the game. I do worry, though, that uh, managers would probably use it to their advantage if they had 11 subs yeah
6: of course they would do but there's no exact science behind it whatever happens i think we all have to be honest that if the premier league does reconvene and you know and 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 we we do start again with the premier league the standard's going to be completely different the standard is going to be oh yeah the standard is going to be a million miles away from Mm -hmm. the last game so if you look at you know one of the last games that i saw the manchester derby You know, if if you were to then go and replay that game, you know, a couple of months down the line where players haven't had any, you know, haven't had any match fitness, haven't had any real training time or preseason games, there's going to be no comparison and that's that's why i'm saying that you know we're coming up with all of these ideas the only reason that i put that in the in in my column was because you know people are talking about well the football is going to is going to start again we are going to start the premier league game uh, we are going to start the premier league season again i don't think we should be doing Personally, I think it gets to a point. I'm not saying you null and void it because I think that's unfair. What I think you do is say you say no relegation. The teams that are where they are now, okay, that's where they finish. If the only games that I would be considering playing are the teams that have games in hand that can have an effect on the league. So if you look at League 1 and League 2 and the championship, any games in hand do not affect the automatic places in the Premier League you've got Sheffield United you've got a team down at the bottom of the Premier League as well that could get out of it and we have to remember as well, football is not just about the Premier League. The longer this goes on where we're saying, are we going to carry on? Are we going to carry on and then keep, keep putting the date back? Each time you're doing that, you're putting teams lower down the football pyramid in grave danger of going out of existence. And that's more important than anything else because we talk about grassroots in England. Where we're, not, we're not taking care of that by allowing this to go on and on and on.
3: We've got this situation there, Danny. Where not everybody has played the same opposition. Yeah. Some teams in different leagues have played all the top sides; others haven't. So you know, to to kind of freeze the table as it stands. I mean, look, there's no perfect science to this. I know, but I mean, in some ways, you're right. It really these ga- in many cases these games are being fulfilled for TV contracts. No, no real better reason than that
6: yeah 100% and I get that we know we know the, the Premier League is you know it's is, is such a global you know the, arguably the biggest league in the world and I get that 100% but at some point what are you going to keep doing you're going to say right okay we're going to we're going to look at it again in May we're going to look at it again in June at one point you you have to draw a line at some point at some point someone has to come out and say right if we can't start the Premier League again by X date whatever it may be that's it it's done because at the moment everybody everybody's in the dark nobody knows what's going on and what's going to happen is and we're going to start to see it in the next the next few weeks the, the coming months if we don't restart the if we don't restart the leagues you are going to see teams go out of existence and that is more important than anything teams that are lower down that are huge parts of their community and the reason i say don't have relegation from the premier league so what you're going to do then if you usually have three teams that are relegated don't relegate them they're then going to be getting extra finances next year that should then be filtered down to enable some of the lower teams some of the lower league clubs and some of the non-league clubs to be able to continue because you know we talk about the Premier League tie. we talk about relegation, we talk about getting into Europe. In my mind, the most important thing is making sure that we still have some historic teams that are still actually around when football starts again.
0: But if you don't finance, if you don't finish the season, the Premier League's going to lose an absolute fortune. Then you've got no chance of money filtering down and you've got clubs like Leeds and West Brom are going to be saying, hang on a minute, we, we, we could be promoted here. This is worth £200 million to us. It's very difficult, isn't it? The government want football to come back for a morale booster. You know, if you're going to say no football until sort of middle of August, that's not good either. So and there's no ideal solution. No, there, but I'm not sure. There, there I'm isn't. not sure avoiding it is. But no, no, that,
6: that's what i'm saying i'm not saying void it leeds and west brom they get promoted they're Mm. in the automatic positions so teams that are in the automatic positions get get promoted so if you look at the championship league one and league two any teams that have games in hand it's not going to affect the automatic positions so therefore you do that but you don't have relegation if that means the premier league has to have a, a, a few more teams next season then so be it but like i say if, if we're going to say you know you know you've just said then oh well if we do that there may not be any football till August there may not be any football till August anyway we just we just oh, yeah. don't know well, and, and 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 that's what we're doing we're just we keep looking okay we want to start again in May but then when we get to May it might be okay well it's not safe enough then we have to go to June we also have to think about the footballers here as well the human side of things because if you're a player are you comfortable going and playing a game with the the possibility of you actually contracting the virus and then taking it home to your family if you do the if you do the shopping for your parents giving it to your parents you've got to think about the human side of it at the moment how do the players feel about it and then you're saying well i've, I've also heard about well they can go to a neutral base and, and be away somewhere for a month and just get it all done then would you want to leave your family in this situation for a month and say listen you've got to look after yourself now i'm going away for a month And that's what we have to do. You have to look at the whole package. We all want football to come back, me as much as anybody. But we've got to prioritise things and get things in order to understand what is the most important thing now at the moment that's going on in the world.
3: Now, Danny, we were talking earlier on about the five substitutions, and that's something Mm. uh, UEFA and FIFA are looking at. Something else they might need to look at in the Premier League are the roles of ball boys and ball girls when football comes back behind closed doors. Because a very good point made yesterday in the Sunday Times that um, if there's nobody in the stands to get the ball back, and again, there's two minutes left and you're 1-0 <laughs> up, you just cuff the yeah, ball, in, I mean, literally into head. I mean, because there's no multi-ball yeah, but they'll have system. Have us, they will have, but they... But there like isn't balls, in the Premier sorry. League. They're, that's one thing they would have to do. They've got it in
6: the Bundesliga, but there's no multi-ball system in the Premier mm. League. So they yeah, would have, have to definitely do like that, do that course, wouldn't yeah. they? But the, the, the thing is we're going to find is that as we keep talking about getting football going again and and getting everybody back playing again there will be as you've quite rightly said there will be so many problems that are going to arise from it there'll be so many problems like people are saying oh well you only need a certain amount of people to get games going again well no you don't what happens if you're if you're playing an away game what about you've got to go and stay in a hotel you've got to go and stay in a hotel what about then the, the the travel company that you're using to get where you're going so there's so many things that have got to be brought into consideration you know, before we can even talk about football <clears throat> coming back.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, that if the will is there, you find a way around it. You know, there's two ways to approach any problem. You either give up, throw your hands in the air and say mm. it's impossible, or you find a way. I'm a believer in finding a way, and I think hopefully they will. But we should, we should move on because, uh, you know, it's an interesting subject, but mm. lots to talk about over the next few weeks. But it, watching Match of the Day on Saturday yeah. night, it was, I, I really enjoyed it, at, yeah. at the, the podcast. So I thought it was excellent. And, but it, speaking to people yesterday, they were quite shocked by Ian Wright's admissions of what he did. Well, as a professional, growing his nails long, waiting for Brucey in the tunnel, and all those stories that he told. But, I mean, football was like that then, wasn't it? it it's much much tell us a bit more for those
3: now. that didn't see it. Well, what was right saying that he saying? Why was he growing his nails long? Well, so he could scratch people, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> Leave
0: a mark on um, them. And why did he wait that's, for Brucey in, sort of, the,
3: in the Bruce's? Because they'd, the they,
0: they'd, they'd had some sort of spat during the match, and then Brucey wanted to to get him I can't remember exactly why but anyway Bruce he was waiting in the tunnel for him yeah. and righty was frightened because he and Bold and Adams had moved on ahead and he was left facing and he was thinking oh no <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he's sort of like trying to hold Brucey back from doing anything and as he got closer he did, then he decided well I'm so close I might as well just punch him in the face which is what he did <laughs> I know
6: so but people, it was just that
0: honesty you know
3: people shouldn't be shocked Danny I imagine that, no. that's pretty par for the course isn't it
6: yeah it, it is I remember um I remember when I was a young lad and I was at Darby and we played we played Leicester mm-hmm. and um at the end the end of the game they, they ended up beating us in the last minute. I give a I give a penalty away in the last minute. And um and like we were quite a young team and Craig Burley at the time, he said, right, come on, you know, we're we're gonna we're going to have it in the tunnel and things like that so me, me being younger then other lads you're thinking to yourself yeah okay we're going to wait in the tunnel so we're waiting in the tunnel then the Leicester City players come in and you're thinking to yourself what are we doing here what are we doing here? you know the, the <laughs> team that they had at the time then you know you had, you had the likes of Jerry Taggart was in that team I think Tim Flowers was in that team um, and and they, they were arguably one of the toughest Premier League teams as in terms of physical and we were thinking to ourselves, no, what are we doing here? So we just walked into the dressing room and was like, no, having none of that. So we, we understood better than to do anything like that but it is, you, you, you see these things, you know, teammates will have ins out, you know, um, opposition players will have fallen outs but then afterwards, more often than not, it's it's for, it's forgotten about and, you know, what what Wright is saying there, it is, is there's, there's so many stories that, that go on throughout the years within the Premier League without, without question.
3: Danny, who was, the kind of king of skullduggery you came up against over the years? Who, who had all the. I mean, I've, I've spoken to a mate of mine who played against John Radford, the old Arsenal striker, on his way down in non league, mm. and he was going through the cards, stamping on his feet, <laughs> raking him down the shins, <laughs> elbows blindside of yeah. the referee. Him, he was like a young centre half, a bit like you would have been, gave him a real working over. Have you, did you experience that on the way up?
6: Um, I, re- I remember as um, I think a 21, 22 year old, and it was the first real, like, proper challenge where I thought, wow that hurt. It was against uh Middlesbrough Paul Lintz. I went to a 50-50 with Paul Lintz, And I'm not kidding you, after the challenge my m- my boot just went completely red. My whole well, foot had just cool. my whole foot had just split open. Oh. And it was it was oh, a fair oh. challenge. It was a fair challenge but the it was a fair challenge. There was no problem at all with the challenge but it followed through as well. And it it, it was then getting an understanding alright, oh, okay, you and you're going into challenges, you've also got to protect yourself. Um, but but you do have that. That's part and parcel of football. Whatever you can do, you know, to try and get an advantage on the opponent. We, when we were at Stoke, when we were playing against the big clubs coming to our place, we would have a, we'd have a tenner side on the main pitch the day before a game, right through the middle of the pitch to cut it all up, <laughs> and, and and Tony Pulis would let the grass grow. So then the next day you're playing against skulls or Gerard Gerard Ballack Lampard, you know how good they are. The the balls coming to them, they can't concentrate on playing a first-time ball because it's bobbling all the way to them. So they have to take a touch. Then you can get closer to them. But the sides of the pitch were absolutely, were absolutely brilliant. And that's what we love to do. We like to get the ball out wide and just put the balls into the box. So you get any advantage that you could get. But the grass, was, the, the grass was ridiculously long when we played the big teams. That's how it was. Okay. And we all think it's a
3: level playing field. And it literally <laughs> isn't. It literally <laughs> isn't a level playing field. No. Good stuff. Cheers, Danny. Good Cheers, to gentlemen. You. Thank you. Much. Take care. Danny, Higa thanks, Danny. there. Read his piece in uh, yeah. today's. Sunday.
0: It's interesting stuff.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah a lot of yeah.
0: debate, won't
3: there? Before we come back, absolutely.
2: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport.
3: There we are. That's a TV theme tune. Although I would not have known what it was. uh, Two marks. Two full points. If you knew, that was the theme music to Celebrity Squares (laughs) uh, with the great Bob Monkhouse. And we play that because I was just, you know, you messing about on social media, and a picture came up from Celebrity Squares from back in the day. I think I've worked out. I think it's 1977. It was an edition. Of the UK show, because it started, it was Hollywood Squares uh, was the big show. It's back, Mm. isn't it? Warwick Davis did it recently. They brought it back, Celebrity Squares, the old format. But it just struck me, looking at the cast in this little kind of time capsule of 1977, looking at the nine people sitting in the squares. And, of course, if you are a, a bit younger than somebody who was around in 1977 having seen the new one you'll know roughly of what it looks like in the format of the show it did strike me that our young producer uh, our assistant producer uh, Jamie who's, who's producing today with, uh, with John Off uh, it did strike me that how many of these people would he act Actually, no. I mean, it's the fickle nature of fame, although if if you're still known 43 years on, you've done pretty well, I would say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Jamie has popped into the studio and so we're going to take him. Andy and I have looked at the nine names we've got, the nine squares, and we think he'll know two of them. (laughs) Um, Will, Will we be able to hear him through that beard, though? I'm say, block it. Be like W. G. Dickens. The beard is quite—it's like a bee, He's growing a big B beard, and it's really taken. So, Jamie, I'm going to eat you. When night, okay. Did you have? Have you ever heard of Celebrity Squares, the TV show?
4: No. So is that minus points already? Oh no! No, no, there's no, 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 no. points or prizes. It's just—it's basically this is a, a culture experiment. Just for
3: experiment. fun. Just for okay. fun. We right, might get. Ready. Some, we could get a grant for this. We could get a little bit of money. From, <laughs> it's the cultural experiment on the, the fickle nature of fame. Okay, in the top left-hand square, Jamie, have you ever heard of a man called Arthur Askey?
4: No. No. Bad start. No. Okay.
3: No. What does he sound like? I mean, in the world of celebrity, what does he sound like? He might have done to you. Is it the name? What does Arthur Askey as a name uh,
0: summon up to
3: uh, your? I'm, I'm going to
4: take a punt and go actor. Well, he
3: he was really. He was a kind of comic (laughs)
0: actor. Yeah. Okay. For a million pounds extra, what was his catchphrase? (laughs) 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 Well, catch you out there when it could be a double blow. So we'd never heard of Arthur Askey. Well, Andy
3: and I didn't think you would have done next. Then we move into the square next to uh, Arthur on Arthur's right as we look at the picture. Pat Coombs. What are the chances, what's the chance <laughs> of a man at 25 knowing who Pat Coombs is, <laughs> although she, she was basically gold. the cornerstone of, of our existence as, ki- well, I don't know about that. It. probably... Well, at least you know she was a woman, that's not <laughs> yeah, bad. That's, it was oh, a woman. I was woman. going Pat,
4: Pat-, Pat Patricia. That's oh, what that's what right, yes. Pat Coombs, what does Pat
3: yeah. Coombs uh, summon up, uh, Jamie, for um, the top of your head?
4: I'm going Singer. She, no, she was an actress. No, um, no. She was a comic actress.
3: She, she was always the kind of foil. There was always there'd be a sketch with like a comedian, somebody else you haven't heard of, like Harry Worth, and <laughs> he'd be meeting a woman outside the picture. Is it pictures? And, picture, and it often be Pat Coombs, a great comic character actress. So that's yeah, okay. I'll ask Two my now. nan
4: about
3: that one. Ask your nan about <laughs>
4: Pat
3: that's it. Um, as you Brilliant. do about this show every day, no doubt. <laughs> so yeah, we think you might uh, we think you might know the next one. We could be wrong because next to Pat Coombs on the far right, Dennis Waterman.
4: Oh, I know Dennis Waterman. You know Dennis? We yeah. thought you might do. You Through, know Through Little Britain, actually. Oh, of course. That little sketch. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, White of, of cool course. Sing, sing the, the theme, theme tune. tune. Yeah, that that's it, of the course. The theme tune, again. yeah, that's it. Okay, one point. Brilliant. Happy one days. point. We thought point. you'd get happy that one with right. that. I didn't
3: think I'd get any. Let's move to the centre square then, far left. Anthea Redfern. <laughs> <laughs> Anthea Redfern, Jay, do you know any, does that ring any bells to you?
4: Oh, I feel like I should know who that is. Oh, I don't, I've got, absolutely <laughs> no reason why you should. Uh, what does she be sound if it, like if she
3: did? Anthea Redfern, it's quite an exotic name. What do you think she did? Yeah,
4: She sounds like she's an associated to uh very own Neil Redfern. She <laughs> oh, no, had uh, no relation no, to no, Neil, I don't, don't She I didn't play no for idea. Barnsley. Unless um, she was married to Neil Redfern. No, I she have was. No
3: idea. She was married to <coughs> Bruce Forsyth. You've heard of him, haven't you? Of yes. Course. Yeah. Um, she was. Give us assistant. a twirl. She was. Yeah. <laughs> that was. That was very much his catchphrase okay, for her. I, all right, I think she I was, do
4: know who she is. I just didn't know her name. She rode "Shotgun" <laughs> on the Generation
3: Ken. Game. Uh, right. and she was the. She was the assistant. So then yes. we will move on. Okay. Now this guy was in the middle square. Willie Rushton. Does Willie Rushton mean anything to you, Jamie? No. no. what does Sorry. it sound like he did? Uh, he sounds like a cricketer. Oh. <laughs> well, he loved his cricket, it okay. That's quite interesting, didn't he? Was back okay. I missed
0: it. the name Glitch. Oh, Willie Rushton.
3: It. Willie Rushton. Oh, Willie Rushton, yeah. Did love his cricket, but he was a cartoonist, a kind of all-round celebrity, a writer... Funny man, wasn't he? Wrote for Private Eye. Founder founder of Private oh, Eye. That's right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. So yes. that was that was him. We didn't think you'd get him. No. The next one we think you're going to get of <laughs> Tony Blackburn. You heard of Tony Blackburn?
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, radio host. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Fantastic. So DJ. they're
3: the two. Yeah. two. So if you get any more, you're winning. And, and <laughs> okay. It's for the, this uh, tora, to, uh, trip for two. So I was on a hiding angels. to none before we began <laughs> this. <right? laughs> so well, be basically, yeah. I felt
4: like I was going to get stitched up.
3: Ray Allen. Ray Allen oh, and God. Lord Charles. Does, do, they, <laughs> do, they, do they mean anything to the 25-year-old Jamie No, J.
4: I think Lord gives it away. No, I had no idea who either of those are What do they sound like they did, Ray Allen and Lord
3: Charles? Any idea? or
4: Some sort of politicians. <laughs> they would have been great. They would have been great as politicians. They were a, a, vent, a
3: ventriloquist actor. Ray Allen was the ventriloquist and Lord Charles was the dummy. And uh, he had a monocle. That's all you need to know. I know you're yeah. going to go and do this as homework and check all these people yeah. out tonight. <laughs> then we move into. There's only two left, so bear with us. Noel Gordon. Noel Gordon, uh, no we chance. find in the bottom square. Does she mean anything to you? To no. woman, i give you no. What does she sound like? Should anything? I give him a clue? Uh, 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 what what kind of clue can you give him? You're not going to... Down, d- down, That's down, no down, 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 down. to somebody who's 25 <laughs> singing the theme tune to the Crossroads, you lunatic. Uh, uh, so
4: what do you, what, well, what, she's an
3: actress <laughs> then. Give him a clue. Uh, do you know, yeah, she was an, an actress. actress. <laughs> well, yeah, she was in a a, a soap, um, a, a long-forgotten uh, soap called Crossroads about a motel in Birmingham. But she was a big star, she was like a sort of grand dame of soap. Mm-hmm. she was like a I'm trying to think of the equivalent now, really, Peggy Mitchell type Barbara, you know, somebody who was big in yeah soap. that sort of thing, yeah, sure. I know yeah, anyway, finally, uh, in the bottom square, last one, Arthur Mullard. we didn't th- have you ever heard of Arthur Mullard?
4: No. No. <laughs> no, I think you're bored now. I don't blame <laughs> no. you. No, no, no. Um, the answer to I, that,
0: the answer to that, Jamie, was yes, my yas, dear. Yes,
4: he was uh,
3: <laughs> Arthur Mallard. Was it? Yeah, he was an actor. He right. was. He was just a kind of professional Arthur Mallard. I mean. There are still celebrities like that now, but this was the day when, you know, he did, he acted in films, but he was just Arthur Mullard, wasn't he? He was just always there. I think he did celebrity squares about 50 times over the years. I was surprised. He was a a kind of comedy tough guy. That scene where Harry Worth met Pat Coombs outside the cinema, her husband, (laughs) Pat Coombs' husband would turn up to beat (laughs) Harry Worth up, and that would be played by Arthur Mullard. So we expect you to come back tomorrow and, and, and <laughs> have, yeah, have yeah, watched yeah, all, all right. of these people in
4: action.
0: Now he should do the reverse <laughs> quiz. He should ask us names that he knows that oh, he yeah. thinks we won't know. That's a that, that would, would work. That would be yeah. I mean, okay. that, we're, we're, we're,
4: the reverse is that a challenge. The You're going to
0: take
3: that. Yeah, yeah. Take that on. We're okay, good. so deal. there we are, Jamie. We were absolutely right with the two you knew. Uh, so there we are, revisit an old celebrity. I can't believe we did that. <laughs> Thanks for an stitching me up live sp- on national no, radio. <laughs> it's not, it's, it, I think it just shows the, the fickle nature of that forty-three years on, only two of those. I mean, let's be honest. Sadly, most quite a lot of them are no longer with us. In fact, most of them. Uh, Which is which is sad in itself. So that has an that has an impact on your level of fame, of course. uh, Death. So uh, we'll we'll move on. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks very much for that social experiment. He's he's going to ask us
0: about people. He's going to ask us about people in the TikTok house and things like that. <laughs> What's the TikTok house, Andy? do you know the TikTok house? TikTok house is basically they, they took uh, five or six of the best, most popular people on TikTok oh, yeah. for lockdown and stuck them in a house. So they, I think they've got a combined audience of 16 million, these kids. Wow, that's and more than half mallard. I know, and they're making these little fifteen-second videos that people really love. So, yes, I did see
3: I did see footage of them. They were in a uh, in a magazine. I did see the. I did see that. Anyway, um, we'll move on and we'll bring you striker very quickly because that took a bit longer than we thought. But um, anyway, let's bring you striker. Steve Bruce's uh, murder (laughs) mystery, read by Ian Danton. Let's first see where we're up to in the story.
5: Murder, Harry, Eddie. I can't believe it. Then who was the murderer? Harry asked. Duffy didn't commit Harry Kirry. The murderer might not be part of the Lettersford setup. It could be someone from outside. Sir Lawrence Brooke entered my office. My patience is not inexhaustible, Steve. He was angry at the whole turn of events, no doubt. And someone needed to do a lot of explaining. That someone was me. Yeah, Steve,
3: is uh, in a lot of trouble with the police, uh, found over the uh, body of his star striker with a knife in his hand. This is really written by Steve Bruce, the Newcastle manager, back in 1999. But it tells a story, a story of Steve Barnes, the Leathersford town manager. Uh, let's start
5: Chapter 4 then. Take it away, dance. Chapter 4. No day has ever gone faster. Time is a strange thing. You sit through an exciting film or play a good game, and 90 minutes pass as if there were five. On other occasions, you think you've been bored out of your mind for an hour, and when you check the time, only five minutes have elapsed. Birmingham fans will certainly empathise with that. I was with the chairman when the first editions of the Lettersford Inquirer were brought in. We were front page news. True to his word, Harry Pickles did his very best to make me and the club appear in a good light. We'll be all over the television screens this evening, Sir Lawrence said, and in the national newspapers tomorrow. On the front pages, too the very worst kind of publicity we could possibly have had. Whoever had wanted to harm Pat Duffy enough to kill him was also doing serious damage to the club. This kind of thing, Sir Lawrence continued, is going to take years to repay. We've nothing to feel guilty about, I said. What happens if the murderer, I assume it was murder, what happens if he's an employee of the club? Well, it certainly looks that way, I told him. Our security is tight. And so it should be, Sir Lawrence said. We pay enough for it. Sir Lawrence went to his drinks cabinet. He poured himself brandy and ginger ale. He knows my taste in drinks and poured a full glass of mineral water. I take it you are still teetotal, Steve? He said, with amusement in his eyes, even after the travails of the day. Hey, if this continues, I shall be drinking heavily and smoking sixty a day, I replied. Right, he said. There has to be a concerted effort of damage limitation. At that moment, the telephone on the mahogany table rang. Yes, he barked. He's an urbane guy, smooth, polished, but he can show anger. Oh yes, ask him to come in, he said, more sweetly now.
3: It's interesting. Dan's impression of Steve Bruce is brilliant, but he does point out that what he has to do is push his nose right into his face to get the voice. Oh, so, God. I just noticed there he said, Dubbage Limitation. Because <laughs> he's pushed his nose into his Dubbage Limitation. <laughs> but yeah, and that was very very good. The story <laughs> it's a bit thicker. Trevor Francis. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily
2: Podcast from Talksport. Ian
3: Danter is bringing a striker every day, of course, at the moment, our very own Ian Danter, as Steve Bruce. And uh, he's launched, we, we mentioned it last week, he's launched a fine series of podcasts, um, and he's got a new episode out today. Um, some old stuff from back in the day when he was working in radio in Birmingham. Some new stuff he's been recording as well. It's his balmy old podcast. You'll find it on Apple and elsewhere. And back in 2007, he recorded something for me and Andy, which was George Galloway um, getting a call from Mick McCarthy. <laughs> and he has, uh, <laughs> he's brought that one back to life. Let me give you a little flavor of it now.
5: We go straight to Mick in Wolverhampton. Mick, welcome. Uh, cheers, George. And uh, let me tell you, I wish I'd dealt with Roy Keane the way you dealt with the US Senate. That's very kind of you. Go ahead, mate. Well, you know, naturally, it's disappointing to go out to the Tesco's tonight, as we call them,
3: you know, sackcloth and ashes. But uh, wasn't going to get carried away with a win, not getting suicidal. With a defeat, I suppose
5: we, I suppose we did well, getting into the playoff zone in the first place.
3: <laughs> that is, that is an uncanny, great, uncanny Mick McCarthy,
0: isn't it? It's not a bad George either. No, no,
3: but no, they're both very, very good. Anyway, you know, that's just a flavour. You can listen to the full sketch and other sketches besides in Dance New. Um, Barmy old podcast on Apple Podcasts. So go and check that out. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Don't ask me to leave it out. Now, Andy, I'm not sure I've made these tough enough. Uh, I'm looking at okay. now. I think you could <clears> be on. You could be on here, Andy. I've got a feeling you might wow. tune into these. Let's find out. Uh, on Good Friday, see. we spoke to conditioning coach Glenn Reed and we talked about two managers. In the Premier League, you'd had a slight difference of opinion about uh, how players should come back. Only a minor one, but who are those two managers? Uh, Sean Dyche and David Moyes. Well done. That's one Ooh. out of one. What a promising start. Uh, on to Thursday then, and we spoke to The Times' Tom Whipple, who was debunking uh, oh yeah, the Twitter founder Jack Dorsey's claims to spend how long each day in the sauna? How long did
0: he do? Uh, Jack Dorsey
3: say I he would
0: 45 minutes. Oh, Andy,
3: this is getting exciting. That's <laughs> two out of two. Uh, Ian Gould joined us to chat about his new autobiography.
0: Yeah. What's the book called? Oh, Ian Gould. It could be something like Gunner something. Oh, no. You've done me now. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. What, what did you just. What did you just. Maybe. I thought it might be Gunner something. Gunner. Gonna see you tomorrow.
3: Gunosaurus? Gonna. Well, he's a gooner. <laughs> no, no, exactly. No. It, Andy, do you want to have a guess? I can't. I can't think. It's gunner. <laughs> don't swear. <laughs> Please do not swear. Uh, okay. Uh, t-
0: this is Davina. Please yeah. do not swear. <laughs> Tuesday, we were taken off
3: air by uh, uh, technical Jordans. And um, who's <laughs> yeah. My Sporting Life replaced us at three o'clock? Uh, Steve McLaren? Steve McLaren, that's right. And finally, actor yeah. Tony Way, who's in Afterlife, joined us on Monday and told us he is a season ticket owner at which club? Oh, Tony Way. Golly. I'd say West Ham. Yes. So all that did for <laughs> you was not just saying the word gunner when you kept saying gunner. <laughs> oh, very unlucky. From the jaws of uh,
2: victory. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport.
3: There we are. <laughs> that was this afternoon's uh, show. And uh, let's hope I can speak again. Although I don't have to for much longer, do I? I'm clocking off.
0: But um, well, I do yes, reckon Andy. that if Jamie does do it, if he comes back and gives us... I don't think we'll do any much better than him. Maybe we will. But if he picks the right obscure young people... up I mean, it wasn't it was a matter struggling.
3: of doing well or doing badly. It was just... Who are these people? Why would you know names that that effectively mean nothing to you? But I love the fact that you knew Dennis Waterman from Little Britain, not from (laughs) Dennis's long, distinguished (laughs) acting career at the National Theatre and TV. (laughs) It's (laughs) brilliant. (laughs) From someone ripping the pee out of him in a sketch. But anyway, um, there we are. Uh, thanks for downloading us. We're back tomorrow from 1. You've been listening to the Hawksby & Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the
2: guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra.